0: You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers Goldmine production with Angelina Martin and Stephanie Sanchez.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 18th episode of the 49 Carats Podcast. We are almost 20, which is insane to say. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to do special something special for our 21st episode, but we're not quite there yet. It's a bye week for the 49ers. Uh, they've lost three in a row, so we know that they needed this bye week, especially with all the injuries they've had. So instead of talking about a game, we have something even better for you guys. As you can <laughs> see, we have a special guest, Kiana Martin. She is the senior team reporter for the 49ers. I'm sure all of you are very familiar with her work. She basically does it all. Um, everything on video everything you see in writing for the 49ers she's doing one-on-one interviews uh, with the players writing with them in golf carts just really giving everyone that inside access that you know we all wish we could have so Kiana thank you so much for joining us Uh, Steph and
0: I are so excited to have you how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Thanks so much for uh, having me on. I'm really, really excited. I I got a lot of messages like, you have to get on the pod. Oh my God. I gotta get on the pod then. (laughs) I can't believe that. Yeah, no, seriously. So many people are like, this is going to be great. I'm definitely tuning in. So it it just makes sense. I had to join you guys. So thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. And um, of course, my co-host, Steph Sanchez, How
1: are you today? I know this is an exciting day for both of us. It's very (laughs) exciting. I'm trying
2: not to be red right now. I'm so excited. (laughs) But, um, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be excited for today. I mean, it's a bye week. The 49ers had no way to lose this weekend, so that's always a good thing. That's a plus. We saw the the Seahawks lose yesterday. That's also a great thing. So, yeah, let's get into it.
1: Yeah, you can't beat it. But, you know, since we have Kiana here, we're going to get, you know, her take on everything that's been happening with the 49ers this season, get to know her a little better. Uh, So, Kiana, you know, the, the first question that we have to ask you, obviously, Steph and I, we have our little podcast. We have a lot of friends that either write or, you know, cover the 49ers kind of in their own different unique ways. And so, a lot of us are wondering, what's what's the best way to, to get to where you are? You know, what are the steps to take to get into the sports media industry?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm i asked this question quite often. And yeah. the craziest thing that I think is usually my typical response is I don't think there's just one direct way to get to whether you want to cover a team, whether you want to write for a newspaper, write for a site, a Be on ESPN. There's so many different routes that people take. And I feel like mine is very unique compared to others. I have a lot of friends that did, you know, they started working in local news and worked their way up and eventually made it to one platform, which took them to another. But my story, I actually went to school originally uh, to study kinesiology at San Diego State in high school. I was an athletic trainer. I knew whatever I did, I wanted to it to surround athletics. Um, but once I got my first course of classes, I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to study kinesiology. No, absolutely not. So <laughs> I ended up going the route of sports marketing. I got my degree in integrated marketing communications uh, from San Diego State. And it was probably not until my senior year where, you know, you're casually watching sports, you're watching TV, you see the Pam Olivers, you see the Aaron Andrews watching NBA, you see Doris Burke, and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, gosh, that's a really cool job that they have. Too bad, like, I could never do anything like that. (laughs) And then, like, I think it kind of took, like, a couple of, like, times just watching, like, wait, why can't I do that, you know? there's no reason why I can't so why don't I give it a try now a lot of people which I say everyone's journey is a little different a lot of people study broadcast journalism I was already into my fifth year of college and I was not going to go back and have put myself in more debt so I said okay well I obviously didn't get my degree here but how else can I kind of uh set a path for myself that I can eventually go this route that a lot of people are spend years studying and years and money to get there yeah. so I uh, once I kind of like that last year of college and even after college I invest I my biggest thing I always tell people is it has to do with investing in yourself if I could tell you guys how much money I spent on just like classes on training on flights just to be able to cover a team i started my own blog so i would go out and travel and cover different sports teams um i ended up working for kdol uh, oakland unified school district i did some like work for them for free back little backstory i think i worked for free for about seven years just to be able to get to where i wanted to be but um would fly I was in Los Angeles I would fly up for Berkeley games every home game just to cover it and then fly home I'd have to pay for my own rental car my own flights everything my own lodging if I were to stay the night but uh, that just goes back to my whole story of investing in yourself if this is something that you really want to do and all of these opportunities that you know I was afforded, I it helped me build a reel and put something together, have something on tape. Uh, ended up getting a job with a small local news station. When I say small, like tiny, probably it got about maybe like fifty viewers a, a <laughs> episode. Like it wasn't huge or anything like that at all. But it got I got reps, I got experience, and I continued to build my reel. And then, long story short, because I could talk about this for hours, but. Long story short, I ended up getting an internship with the Kansas City Chiefs, and that turned into a part-time position, which then I was offered a job with the Denver Nuggets uh, about two years later, a full-time opportunity there, and then after that here with the 49ers. So that is like my long journey. I'm trying to keep it really, really short, but that's my (laughs) long journey into a, a short kind of synopsis of how I got to where I am but again I say all of this because there's so many routes whether it's starting something on your own having your own podcast um, there's so many different routes you can take to um, be in this industry and cover a sports team or a sport or sports in general I feel like yeah, I was that is
1: no, it. no 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 <laughs> I mean I mean, I didn't know it was such a, a long, hard journey for you to get where you are. And I think that's really important to hear um, and and will inspire others, you know, because all everyone, like I mentioned, like you said, it could start with a blog. It could start with a podcast. So that's yeah. really, really cool to hear. Um, I just had a quick follow-up question. Like, you said you worked for the Nuggets as well and the Chiefs. Was it always, like, football that you had your eyes on? Or was it, like, just get me into sports?
0: I, I... I'm a football girl. That has always been my passion. That's my my number one sport of choice. Uh, growing up, actually, I played softball. I think the first sport my parents introduced me to was baseball. They met on the baseball field in high school. Like our family trips would be going to... I know this is a Bay Area um, fan base, but we'll be going to Dodgers games because I'm from Los Angeles. So don't, don't too
1: soon, don't dude. Don't let you guys. I know, I know, I know, I know.
0: it was coming out of my mouth, like, mm, I don't even know if I want to share. It's but, fine. Just um, end that, the pod. <laughs> i like, um, no, Just kidding. It was going to games, and and that's just kind of how I developed my love of sports. And um, but even though like baseball was kind of like my first intro into sports football has always been my first love um like after school on mondays like i would come home my mom would make dinner and me and my dad would watch monday night football that's just like what we did as a family we were just a sports centered family so yeah yeah, football my first love um (laughs) it's not that i was opposed to any other sports if an opportunity did um You know, arrive, I would totally jump on if it was MLB or even NHL. But working in the NBA was definitely a different, it's a different change of pace than what you're used to, especially covering football. Um, You have about seven days to get over whether it's a win or a loss. Whereas NBA, you lose today, well, you're on to tomorrow already. It's so yeah. quick, the turnaround. You're going from, at that point, 16 games in the NFL to, wait, was it Yeah, 16 games to now 82, 84, I don't know. But it was, it's a long season, but it was a lot of fun, very fast paced. But it was definitely a change of what I was used to.
1: Yeah, so it's safe to say you, you're living your dream. You have your dream job.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to, to be able to wake up in the morning and love to go to work. There's never a day where I wake up, and I'm just like, oh, gosh, I just do not want to work today. I yeah. love what I do. I love the people that I work with. I'm, I'm very fortunate to be a part of an organization like the 49ers, which I'm sure we'll get into more of this later. But um, I, I'm in a very, very fortunate position. I do not take any day that I work for granted.
1: Yeah. And for all of our listeners who don't know, Kiana is the first black woman to hold the title of senior team reporter in the NFL, which is an incredible title to hold. Um, We were wondering, you know, what is it like to be a female reporter in such a male dominated industry? Obviously football is just full of men and and it's getting better, but um, you know, representation is getting better, but what's it like um, the day to day?
0: Yeah. Um, again that's another thing that i'm i'm very very fortunate i often kind of think about you know during that hiring process i'm sure when they were looking to fill my role there were a lot of men who were very qualified for this role and there were also probably a lot of women but um i'm just grateful one that this organization saw me as hey it's not we don't want her just to fill a quota we know we're confident in what she can bring to this organization um her resume and we feel like she's the right person for this job um but i say all of this i i even going back to being a little girl and seeing you know the very few women on camera i feel like things have changed so much over you could even say like the last two years, um, oh, yeah. seeing more representation as far as women, uh, minorities, orientation, there is just, just, things have completely changed. And I'm so grateful uh, for that and you say a male-dominated industry, I remember um, I was asked to join a, I don't want to call the person out, but I was asked to join a kind of like a, a podcast type of thing with another female reporter earlier this year. And one of the YouTube comments said like, this is ridiculous listening to two women talk about football. That's like me going to talk about softball. am <laughs> oh, hell like, no. <laughs> So just because I'm a female means that I am not qualified to talk about a sport that I have literally watched since I was in diapers. I could probably talk you under the table if you wanted to go toe to toe about this, but instead, just because I'm a female, I'm not qualified for this. It's... That's those things that one, it's disappointing, but two, that's what I think kind of drives me. It's like okay, so now I want to work even harder at what I do to prove anybody that thinks that just because you're a woman, just because you're a female, you can't talk sports. Like I want to make sure I'm proving you wrong. So it's still there's we're not perfect in this industry. We're still working our way to you know, open up doors for a lot of women and for women to be seen as equal. But I do feel like we're making those strides and those comments like that just only kind of like ignite the fire and wanting to see more women and uh, this entire realm of sports, whether it's writing, whether it's on camera, whether it's podcasting, whether it's in stadium, whether it's coaching in all areas, I, I think I'm I'm proud to see the way things are shifting. Uh, but I can say I don't think we're done yet.
1: Yes. Amen to that. And to that guy. Guys talk about softball all the time. We don't care. You can. We don't care. Go for it. Right. Good for you. Yeah. And I know, Angie.
2: like, you've also had your fair share of, you know, comments like that. If you look at Angie's uh, Twitter header, I'm pretty sure Guy is saying something very similar to that as well. Um, But one thing I was curious about was your day-to-day as a reporter, I mean, we know that you know, reporters get to see practices. They get to go to games. But you as a 49ers team reporter, you probably get special access. You know, you get an inside look at the team as an organization, the players. What can you tell us about that and how much you get to see from the players and, and the org?
0: Gosh, you know, I wish we had this conversation, let's say exactly two years ago from right now, pre-pandemic, because life was completely yeah. different. Yeah, in talk my- about both.
1: Can you oh talk gosh. about both and like how it how it compares like the access you used to have and like how maybe how it's different now
0: life was a million times better pre-pandemic i think, <laughs> I think that's for just about anybody right. um yeah I think we'll talk True about pre pandemic it's it, it's it's a lot more fun we'll put it that way um yeah. but general my day-to-day let's see um well you kind of went over a little bit of what I do. I do all of the writing for 49ers.com. Um, I have my video segments that I, I host and I help produce. Um, so usually my day-to-day is kind of checking all of those boxes, getting all of those done. And then also I run two podcasts um, for the team site. And we also have another one that's inside the Oval that uh, our digital editor, Haley Jones, she mans that one. Um, but kind of it's so hard because there's never two days that are alike so yeah. it's like trying to figure out how do i kind of like explain what my day-to-days are like <laughs> when there's no every no like, day like i know same. what to expect but i am out there there's practices you know uh three times a week that are open to the media so i get to join in on that i'm going to press conferences um but gosh it, it's so hard to kind of like even remember what life was like back then. I, know. Uh, I will say, so like, uh, before the pandemic, we would have locker room access. So I know we did used to do like a lot of shoots and things like that. Um, now things are a little different where it's like, kind of, I think everybody kind of has access to it, whether you're watching on YouTube, seeing kind of those press conferences. Um, I think we had, I, at that point, I probably had a lot more face-to-face interaction with a lot of the guys. Um, we were able to do those golf cart rides, which yeah. now it's kind of, it's a it's a challenge to try to get those done. Uh, when you
1: plexiglass.
0: Pa- yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's like a whole thing you, that goes into play when you're trying to do things like that. We would have like the same like cafeteria access with the guys pr- before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And now things are definitely different in the way things are ran. But um, I can say like the access, that I used to have it was fantastic being able to I think it's really important especially in my position being able to build that relationship with the players because at the same time like you are a part of the media but you're also in-house with the team the same person that signs their paycheck signs mine as well so it's just kind of understanding that and um that's one of the things I think I really miss about work pre-pandemic was building those relationships Um, I would say like. A good example would be last year, our whole rookie class, I never got to see them in person one time. So all of a sudden you're just thrown oh on here, you want to interview with this girl. And they're just kind of like, who the heck is this? And, you know, <laughs> I, I really pride what I do, kind of getting the reaction out of some of these guys and getting the response from some of these guys. A lot has to do with a lot of the back work and the, the relationship that we were able to build prior to those, uh, those interviews, even, um, I'm trying to remember what year what year was Mitch Wishnowski? 2018 2019? I'm trying to remember.
1: I want to I want to say 2018 but I stuff would know anything. better than me. <laughs> I'll to say the same. Let's say 2018. Let's say 2018. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: Being able to, like I didn't get to see him much of 2019 because we were kind of removed for the team. Thank you. See I love you. Yeah. Thank you for yeah, correcting man.
2: me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he even got the
0: round. He's... even chatting with him um I got to talk to him what you guys will get to see this week he's expecting a baby and he's like talking to me about you know what they're doing like while prepping for the baby i think baby comes today i don't know I don't oh my speak. gosh he comes today but it, it's just being able to have those conversations with him and i can follow up like hey what's the news like what's going on being able to have those conversations go such a long way whereas 2019 class like they're kind of like, who is this girl? You know? So I say all of this to say that, you know, pandemic has completely changed just the interaction and, and the relationships you're able to build. I know a lot of the beat reporters will say the same exact thing. You know, a lot of you know, their writing and the background from their writing has to do with just having one of those small conversations with a guy while they're at their locker, you know, off the record, just like getting to know them. And that's kind of how they've been able to, you know, have their stories and these amazing articles that they put together. So it's kind of been a little bit of a challenge over the last few years, but we're slowly working our way back to getting back to normal times. Um, sure. But yeah it's it's definitely been it's been different but we're trying to figure out ways to kind of bring it bring bring back some sense of normalcy to what we we're we're doing now
1: yeah i can't even imagine the the difference that it's made um but i hope god i hope we get back to normal soon (laughs) because i missed the golf cart videos
0: i know they were so (laughs) fun they were so fun And, and even like you gotta think like sometimes think about it. If you're every week, you know, it's like, oh, this person wants to grab you for an interview. This person wants to get a quote from you from an article. It's kind of like, oh, I don't really want to do that. But just having those prior relationships, it's like, hey, Kiana's doing the golf cart thing. Oh, for sure. Like, we'll jump in. No biggie. Like, and then it's even times we would get other guys that are like, can I jump on too? Like, when you get guys <laughs> that want to actually be a part of this, when suffer, Many, it's like kind of like a chore you know those are the things that you really miss so we're knocking on some wood that at some point things kind of go yeah. back yeah
1: um i think a lot of you know nfl players sometimes can be wary of like any sort of media do you feel like they yeah. trust you a little more because of that closer relationship and and you can get more out of them
0: 100 yeah that i think you just put together exactly what i was <laughs> just trying to say just being able to kind of have that relationship and that history, um, you know, that I'm a trusted source that, you know, I'm I'm never out to get you, you know, so to speak. I think that really goes a long way. And it's a lot. You want to build those type of relationships and and be trusted, um, especially being in house with the guys. Um, I I just can't like overstate how much like it's missed, you know, compared to what it used to be like you really don't know what you have until it's gone. That's so true. (laughs) I I think that you can use that in all different facts. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Even with work. Even with work. work. (laughs) So let's get into the team, the 49ers. Um, They've dealt with a lot of adversity these past few weeks. So we know that this is a bye week for them. But um, just, you know, in your opinion, what do you think their main focus has been this week? And how do you think that they're dealing with the adversity of losing three games in a row?
0: Yeah, I think like typically when you get the NFL schedule and I would say this, if I were a player, you get the schedule and you see a week six by you're like, come on, like an early buy, yes. like I'd rather it be like that later half of the year, at least the middle of the year. Um, But I think this came, it, it could be a blessing in disguise for the 49ers. Um, You have these three games that you lost. You're dealing with some injuries. I mean, you had at a point, I think last week, we didn't even know who's what's going to be under center as we head into week seven. And that still could be in the air right now. Um, But I think right now it's a good opportunity for this team to kind of take a pause, reset, recharge, and refocus uh, going into this primetime game in week seven. Um, You heard a couple of guys, they got the chance to to speak to the media today. And, um, you know, Jimmy Ward was one guy who said, You know, you wouldn't even know that this team right now is two and three just with the energy that they brought to practice today. And I think that says a lot about just how this team is kind of taking what's happened in the past. I feel like they know that these games are all games that were lost by a touchdown or less. This team, they know what they're capable of. They know the pieces they have in play. They know the capability of the the guys in this locker room. So now it's just putting it together. How do we bounce back? Okay, that's in the past. Let's refocus on going forward. And, and I, I I think he honestly said it perfect. It's a lot about that energy, and it tells a lot about the guys in this locker room. So, um, as far as mentality, I, I think it goes back to you know knowing who you guys have in the locker room, who's on the roster taking that looking forward and just bouncing back it's all about bouncing back
1: yeah i really feel like this is a time where you know the veterans on the team need to step up and you know the ones that have have been to the super bowl that have overcome adversity have overcome injuries and really just bring everyone together because we were talking on our pod last week that ever since um the jason vera injury it seems like you know it's kind of been down in the dumps i feel like that was a really season-changing moment and It it would be great to see them get a win against the Colts. Do you think this is a must win game for them?
0: I think I say it's a must win. Well, let me preface this. We're now in week, we're going into week seven. Yes, there's very early football (laughs) still to play, a ton of football still to play. Sitting at two and three, I mean, go prior to this week, you still had Vikings with that record, you had Saints with that record, you had the Chiefs with that same record. I don't think it's time to press the panic button just yet. I think that with it being still a lot of football left to play, I think that week seven is a perfect time to kind of switch the gears and now start looking forward to, okay, here's where we are right now. This is where we're trying to be. I think a lot of where you're trying to be starts with this Sunday. Um, it's. I think it's one of those games that you can't just look at the Colts record and say, okay, this is going to be an easy when you can't overlook, you know, what they have. And I know like the storyline all this week is going to be all about DeForest Buckner, but you know, you can't, I, I think this is one of those games you, you if anybody watched that game on Sunday, even, even last week, so it was that Monday night game, I think against the Ravens. And looking at that defense and what they were able to do. And then this week with uh Jonathan Taylor and, and how Carson Wentz looked, it's definitely gonna be a tough matchup for the 49ers. But I I will I think I'm willing to label this game a must win only because this is this can be that turning point that this team needs to kind of get back on the right foot. And a lot of that's gonna take. We saw what the defense was able to do these last couple of weeks, and a lot's gonna have to do with this offense being able to find a rhythm be consistent, take care of the ball, and sustain those drives into the end zone, um, that's going to be the biggest challenge. I, I, in particularly, look at this 49ers offense, and if they are able to do that, I think that will be a good sign of what this team can do going forward.
1: Yeah, and and cut back on the penalties, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's a major challenge. key. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that, That's um, a big key.
1: Yeah, you kind of led into um, our next question for you when you brought up the word energy. uh, I think energy is, you know, a a term that really you don't think about it, but it really goes hand in hand with sports. Um, Same with with your mentals and and everything else. So what do you think the energy of the team is just this year so far and um, their identity, really? Like if you could describe it in one word, what would you choose?
0: You know what? I I think it's tough to figure out what word you would use to use this team. Because I think we've seen so many different sides of this team throughout the first five weeks, but I did pose this question to a lot of the players this season. Um, I talked to Kyle Juszczyk. I talked to Eric Armstead. I talked to Jimmy Ward and there's always been a common theme. um, When I talk to these guys and kind of ask, you know, give me a word to describe this team. What, what would that be? And I think the word, i would use which is very similar to what they would use what they were using is resilient um finding ways to even if i know the record may not show it but how do you bounce back all right well defense let's say weeks one and two weren't as sharp as what we would expect from this team but looking at how they bounced back going forward looking at what they did in seattle i think that was probably one of my favorite outings uh and my one of my favorite stats from the season was what five straight three and outs um yeah. against russ uh, right i i, I <laughs> always look at that and and i think that kind of that helps sum up how well how i would kind of define this team um, even though you're, you know, without a George Kittle going into that week's five game against the Arizona Cardinals, how do you have other guys step up? Um, I think resilience is, is a good word to pin on this team you're dealing with. You talked about Jason Verrett in week one, losing a guy like Raheem Mostert in the same week. You're down to your, what, fourth or fifth string running back where a guy who was just signed to the team is your lone healthy back in the game. Um, yes. Being able to still overcome those situations, I think says a lot about this team. And I, we're not even halfway through the season Or knows what could happen, you know, in the weeks to come. But it's how this team kind of takes what's happened in the past and applies that going forward, I think, um, will be very telling of how they finish out this 2021 campaign.
1: Yeah, I think you're such a breath of fresh air because you're so positive and remind us of all these things that the 49ers are up against this season. And so I think you said it best when, like, chill on the panic button. You know, yeah, they're two and three, but they have a lot of heart and there's a lot of season left.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I, you guys probably see it. I see it a lot in the mentions. People are already freaking out about this. <laughs> sometimes at we do. Sometimes <laughs> we, gotta, right. we gotta read a little bit. <laughs> exactly. I think we gotta reel it in a little bit. And I, I, I will say, I, I hate that I am sometimes so positive about it because you, you do look at these games and you go back to. The Packers, you're 37 seconds away from winning this game. You're coming from behind and literally, literally this close. close. uh, Yeah, to to getting that win. And then Seattle, I talked about those stats. They dominated the entire stat column of that game, except for in the points category. And then Arizona, this is one of the best teams. Let's be honest, one of the best teams in the NFC. And you're able to kind of go toe toe to toe uh, with Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, A.J. Green, James Conner, like the list goes on. You're able to kind of stay in that game into the end, except except uh, self-inflicted wounds are kind of like hurting this team, essentially. But I think once you're able to kind of clean up these mistakes, which that's what I'm hoping coming out of this bye, you're able to kind of look back at those last three games. All right. What did not even the last three games, the last five games, because I'll be honest week one and week two, despite being wins, coming off of those games never really felt like wins. I don't think we ever felt like we could celebrate (laughs) off of those first two wins. So now coming off this bye, looking back at the last five weeks of the season, um, I think it's the perfect time to just, like I said, hit that restart button, readjust, and now refocus. How can we be better than what we were at the start of the season?
2: Um, I have one question just, like, about the defense, because we talked a little bit about, like, just the fact that they've – I feel like a lot of the resiliency comes from the defense, and you mentioned the fact that they were able to hold Arizona to just 17 points. Like, looking at what else Arizona has done this year, that's incredible in itself, right? Um and D'Amico Ryan's a first-year head uh, head coach, um, defensive coordinator. Might be a head
0: coach in the future. Hey, we don't know. He might be, right? <laughs>
2: no, might follow Salo's path. Um, but what can you say about how the team has kind of, like, rallied behind him?
0: Yeah, it's so crazy to believe that this is now just his fifth year as a coach after four seasons as a linebacker's coach. And uh, he had some other uh, a position similar, but – Um, I think it was inside linebackers and then linebackers, but being able to move his way, climb his way up the ladder to now defensive coordinator. I think it says a lot about uh, the trust that Kyle Shanahan and the coaching staff have in him. And I, when I look at him, I'm just like, it's crazy because I remember watching him as a linebacker just a few years back. And now, you know, you're leading this 49ers defense, but I think the players have taken to that you know, he was in their shoes not too long ago. And I think one of my favorite things is that when I did talk to Jimmy Ward a couple of weeks back, I asked him about D'Amico Ryans and how is he kind of, how's the defense kind of adjusted to him and, and what's their thoughts on how he's been able to kind of lead that unit. And my favorite thing that he said was, you know, given his path to where he is and being a former player and only being a coach for so many years, but being able to climb the ladder to that spot, he said it makes them want to play even harder for him. They want to work hard just so he, they can, it, not that it, it kind of like solidifies him, but it's just that, you know, we've seen how hard he works and it makes us want to work much harder. I think that's really special. And I think it says a lot about just the unity of the defensive unit. Um, but you, you, I, a lot of people kind of ask me, like, well, have you seen much of a difference between Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryan's? And I said, the biggest difference I probably have noticed is maybe not as much animation that we saw out of Robert yeah. Sala, which we all love. Don't get me wrong. I love seeing that. But I think that would be the only thing that I, I have really seen. He said that he wanted this defense, you know, it's, it's not like he wanted to come in and completely change what Robert Sala did because it worked for this unit over the last, even 2020, still being a top 10 unit, despite all of these injuries and what that team had to deal with still being able to maintain that over uh, that season that was rid by injuries. But, uh, He wants to kind of take what Salah implemented, but he wants to put his own spin on it. And I think we're seeing a little bit of that uh, so far this season. And it's been a breath of fresh air, and and I think especially looking at what they've been able to do these last few weeks, keeping the 49ers in these games, even though the offense has had their issues. Uh, I think it says a lot and it's been really exciting to watch. And, you know, as guys continue to get healthy, how does this unit kind of progress? And I, I'm excited to see how they do that, especially coming off of this buy.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, just like, you know, a, a rookie quarterback or a rookie, player in any sport uh, a coach that's in his first year on the job is only going to get better as the season goes on and I think we've seen yeah. exactly that from D'Amico and it's so encouraging knowing you know the injuries that they have suffered on defense and what he's been able to do with the with the guys that they have and and really what the team has been able to do as far as next bayonet up
0: totally you look at you know you're without Kwan Williams uh which Thankfully, he made his return to practice this week. Um, Dre Greenlaw is another guy we talked about Verret a little earlier, but being able to find ways to, you know, get guys to step up. You said it, the next man up. Uh, they they stand on that. We've seen that over the last. I mean, let's be honest. It's been like the last four or five years uh, where you've been kind of dealing with this injury bug at all points of the season, but it's how do you bounce back from that? And um, I, it, it's been really, really exciting to see. And uh, I think this team, they, especially, will this defense, uh, they really believe in what D'Amico Ryans is bringing to the table and they want to play for him.
1: Yeah. And we know that the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, we know that the defense has, has been on fire these past few weeks. Unfortunately, the offensive line suffered its lowest PFF grade last week, um, of course, with Trey Lance at quarterback. So we were wondering, do you think that uh, this is you know directly correlated to Trey Lance? Is it because he's a mobile quarterback? Is it because he's taking a little bit longer to get the ball out of his hand? Um, just from what you've seen, do you think that it's just been more difficult for them blocking for Lance?
0: Yeah, uh, Trent Williams spoke to the media today and he just said it's sometimes the name of the game. Sometimes there's certain refs that are looking for certain things, um, which I mean, I it could be, it could not be. But <laughs> I, me personally, you know, this is an O-line that's adjusting to a quarterback who has the option, whereas he, if he doesn't see anything, he's going to take that option. He's going to run upfield. Uh, it's a different dynamic than when you have Jimmy Garoppolo back there who is – so to speak, like a pocket passer that 49ers might be used to. Um, I think it's one of those things that could take a little bit of getting used to Lance, how he kind of operates under center. Um, I think if Garoppolo was back there week five, do I think it would have been as many holding calls? Maybe not, but I think a lot will also come with Trey kind of adjusting to leading an offense, being under center. Um Being able to read the defenses, Um, I think it'll all change in time, but obviously we know that's something that the 49ers can't have because they shot themselves in the foot plenty of times um, last weekend. So those are definitely things that will have to be cleaned up, but a lot's going to come with kind of getting one use to Trey Lance under center, but also um, Trey Lance also being used to being there. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Uh, we definitely know that good O-line play translates to good QB play, especially with this team, uh, we talked a lot about the team, but we have some kind of fun questions for you because, like you told us, you probably know the players better than anyone we could have on this podcast. So uh, we, we came up with some player-related questions for you. And, of course, we have to ask who is the funniest player on the team, in your opinion, uh, the one that's, you know, either <laughs> always making you laugh or making the people of Twitter laugh.
0: I'm going to say it's not going to be who everyone's going to assume I'm going to say, because I think everyone's going to assume I'm going to say George Kittle, but it's not. It's not. That George. was my assumption. Everybody thinks. <laughs> Actually, I would say the funniest on the team is probably DJ Jones, a fellow uh, <laughs> drafty. He's... He, it's just like he doesn't even try. It's just <laughs> natural for him and he's one of the most hilarious guys in the locker room uh, by far, DJ Jones.
1: I am dying that you said that. That would be like my that would be my answer. That's who I think is the funniest <laughs> on the team. His mic'd up segment oh, during god. training camp. Oh my god, I was dying.
0: He, I, what was the line he said that I was cracking up on? I think he said he was like, they're going to call this segment heavy breathing. He's <laughs> yeah. like, You're heavy. I was like cracking up. He, he's so yeah. funny. Um, yeah, one of my absolute favorites.
1: Yeah, um, if you haven't watched that episode of Miked Up, go to the 49ers YouTube channel. In fact, watch them all, they're a great way to get to know the players. Um, they're super funny. I have a really quick question I want to shove in here, really quick. How do you guys decide who you're gonna mic up?
0: Oh, um, it's just usually it's just us like, uh, who should we get this week? <laughs> um, it's Yeah, a lot of it is just kind of like guessing. There's certain weeks and certain divisional games where you can't have a certain person. so yeah, yeah. like our specific position group when you put it that way certain divisional games certain position groups can't be mic'd up so you're kind of limited trying to figure out who for what but um if you know there's a great storyline going into the game obviously you want to go that direction i believe this week is um i'm not giving a spoiler i promise but i know this week is national tight end day with george will not be on the field right. um but like for this like this would be a prime weekend for us to try to grab george if he were on the field so we try to look for a a good storyline, what's something that uh, makes a lot of sense um, and then also getting the guys to buy in because some guys love being mic'd up and then there's some that are just like nope, <laughs> I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth I don't want to be held responsible <laughs> <enough for me." laughs>
1: it's, it's safe to say though George Kittle might be as entertaining from the sideline One Yeah, you have to mic him up him
2: from wherever you see yeah.
0: <laughs> I would mic like him up if he was at home sitting on the couch watching the game I yeah, still think right? that would be prime like <laughs> content right there actually when i talked to kyle use i think it was two weeks ago um going into the uh seahawks game he rode in with it was juice fred george and jimmy i think they all rode into the game together same car and I was just like, what's the likelihood I could get just a microphone in that car? Because yes. that would be the most entertaining, like just, God knows what they talked about, yeah. what the conversation was like, but I would just love to be a fly on the wall and listen to that. But there's some really interesting characters, George obviously being one, but you can mic him up anywhere, and I think it would be A1 content.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and my favorite part is when whoever's mic'd up goes up, everyone that he goes up to, they yeah. they warn them. They're like, yeah. hey, I'm mic would up. I'm mic'd up. I'm mic'd up. <laughs> I'm
0: mic'd up. <laughs> say anything I'm bad. Mic'd up. <laughs> yeah. <Exactly>. yeah. <laughs> well, it's also, another so, one that's really funny. If anyone has seen it yet, Um I've learned that Lake and Tomlinson is the most hype on game days. So this really? recent week, uh, or last week, Jukowski Tart was mic'd up, and he told Jimmy Ward, like, hey, watch your hand because when lakin comes out of the tunnel he might break your hand like oh my god and it's just like so crazy so now i pay attention to it i'm like oh my god he is so aggressive when he comes out the (laughs) the tunnel but it's fun you you do learn a lot about these guys
1: hey when you can't high five people for a year like you gotta give them all you got the next time out
0: He he is A1 at it. He's great at it.
1: So (laughs) speaking of microphones, um, I'm sure you know this, but in 1984, the 49ers recorded a song called We Are the 49ers. We talked about it. We have a segment called This Week in 49ers History. So that was um, our little little history tidbit last week. So Mm -hmm. we have to ask you now on the 2021 San Francisco 49ers, who has the best singing voice?
0: All right um <laughs> some guys do not like to tell you they know how to sing even though I know they know how to sing yeah um but they just don't want to put be put on the spot so that's fine but I will say from the reaction I've gotten from a lot of guys who I have inquired with Mike McGlinchey is a good singer Mike Michael oh my god the in the locker room I've learned
1: wow okay so i'm just wondering like i could see him doing so many different genres like i could see him doing a little like jazz or a little shoe but a little country a little like three doors down like (laughs) grunge rock do you know like does do you know what he does or is he just like no now i'm not
0: doing this as a shameless plug but if you want to watch it please by all means go watch it but in (laughs) a one-on-one segment i had d Ford a couple of weeks ago and I asked him, like, if you had to create, was it? D- I had D and I had DJ. And I asked them both if you were going to create your own group, who would be a part of it. I think both said Mike McGlinchy, and they what? both said Mike McGlinchey oh. can sing. So I said, so do you hear him like humming? Like, what is it? They're like, he'll hum some R&B. He'll hum some like yes. some uh, country. He'll like, wow. he said, like, he knows a little bit of everything and he can hold a note. And so, yeah that that's the guy. I think it's a little bit of everything that Michael Bunch can do. I mean, and Truly, he did do a lot wow. of Joe Staley when they were together too. So yeah,
1: yeah Jack of known. all trades. Yeah, we should have known. <laughs> so our guest, our guest
2: last week was D- DJ Jones for best singer. But
1: yeah, that was our guest. Funny,
2: he's <laughs> he was the funniest player. <laughs> yeah,
0: I would I would probably say DJ too, but I think like you probably would never. Kept, like if you asked him to sing he won't do it but i right. feel like he's a good singer he's very musically inclined too so yeah. i i would say if it, if mike was my first my first response dj would probably be second okay, okay. so we didn't do too bad stuff no yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely put dj <laughs> up there with mike i awesome. always think i mike love it been confirmed from other guys so yeah. all
2: right well our next fun question is, and this one's an interesting one because, like, I feel like there could be so many good answers to this. Which player would you choose to accompany you in a zombie apocalypse?
0: Um, okay. Wow. Okay. This All right. Is so silly. Wow. We're going we're to talk this one through a little bit. Because if it's okay. a zombie apocalypse, you're going to want a person that, one, is very resourceful. Who's going to help you make it yeah. out of it? You true.
2: Know. You've thought of this before.
0: I never have, but I feel like if I talk through this, I might be able to like, also because I'm pretty small, I'll probably need protection. So probably definitely has to be someone bigger. So now I'm thinking O line, D line, too. Yeah, but yeah. But also, yeah. you want someone who's entertaining because you do not want to be stuck with somebody who you probably would never want to be stuck with. That's true. Gosh, now this is really tough. And um I don't want to give the same answer because I was going to go right back to DJ Jones, but now I feel like I'm giving him him too much credit.
1: I I wouldn't
2: be mad at it. it. I mean,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would say a zombie apocalypse, someone that's resourceful. Um, Oh, and you know what? Now I'm thinking probably somebody that's also very outdoorsy. So now I'm going to say Alex Mack. I'm going, Alex Mack. Oh yeah, that is a good one.
2: My mind went to Kinlock because I'm like, oh, that's a
0: good one. No, that's
2: squirrels free.
0: (laughs) You know, now that you say that, now that you say that, that's really tough because I I think Javon's a really good answer for that one too.
1: And we know he knows how to prepare a squirrel for (laughs) a meal.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure if I would want to partake. Maybe he can catch me something else. But that's a really good one. And now I I might have to take my Alex Mac response back. I I thought Alex because like he's 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 a very funny guy. He's hilarious. Um but I think Javon might be even more resourceful. Wow. You can see that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel uh, like I'm in the Trent maybe. I might go Trent, cool. but I don't know Trent's resourcefulness.
1: Right. So my whole thing is if there's a zombie apocalypse, I'm for sure going to the woods. And what's better than a bear in the woods, if you feel me? I got to go Bosa. <laughs> that man knows how to wield an axe for sure. Could probably, like, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways to kill a zombies depending on what movie you watch, but I think mm-hmm. he could do it. So that's my pick.
0: Yeah. I would go Nick. I just, you know, you might be stuck eating like berries and figs, though. I don't know how long <laughs> yeah. you can survive off that. I don't think I can. Hey, I would be fit I, as a fiddle, though. one hundred
1: percent. Show me your workout. We're out there squatting boulders, squatting, like
0: that. Yeah. I, that's I think we'd do okay. That's true. Dad, that's that's yeah. not a terrible answer, actually.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, he could definitely crush zombies with his thighs, Steph. For,
0: for sure.
2: <laughs> actually, he's pretty good with that like... one.
1: <laughs> I love it. Things you don't think about until you ask oh. Kiana on your pod. <laughs> totally.
0: this, is, this is great. Like, I'm I'm going to have to think about this. Yeah, at some yeah, point, I'm going to come it, back. Like, guys, <laughs> I need to go back on the pod because I have a new response because I got to talk to so-and-so. Yes,
2: anytime. <laughs> Correct the record.
0: <laughs>
2: All right. So, I think we got one more question, yeah, right?
0: Yeah. I love All these. Right. If you have more, if they more pop up, throw them at me. I like them. So,
2: <laughs> well, we, we had a question about – just 49ers Twitter in general. So, like, we have a segment on our pod that, like, we talk about Twitter tizzies. So, like, what did people argue about on Twitter, on 49ers Twitter this week or any said oh, week? 49ers
0: like, by the way, is a dark, dark place, it, man. It, it,
1: exactly. <laughs> it's the perfect segment because we always have something. There's always something.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, the content yeah. is endless. But um, we just wanted to know your thoughts and what's, like, the most ridiculous thing or take that you've seen on 49ers Twitter?
1: Oh, a man. Take, a take, a rumor, a, a post, a, like, and what's the craziest thing you've seen on there?
0: Gosh. Oh, now I wish I better <laughs> correct this question because there's a ton. Also, like you I like that.
2: You can probably try to block this from your memory because yeah. it's Yeah. <laughs> i like that you said it's a
1: dark place
0: it's a really dark dark place like it can go from one spectrum to the other in a split in a single play my goodness um well i did see this season that um after the game it was probably like week two that d'amico ryan's needs to be fired immediately and i'm just like hmm but are you saying that the rest of the way like i don't know that's one of them um, what's another one that I've I've seen? Um, the ones like the one you just mentioned are those are the ones you bookmark
1: so you can come back to after the yeah. Super Bowl win. Be like, oh man,
0: what did you? What, what was that? Can you? what, yeah. what was this thing I, I have the receipts right here. Yeah, man, there's 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 been, especially this year, like despite being now about six weeks into the season, there's been some people are people are like, you got to talk them off the ledge right yeah. now. It's, it's yeah, pretty, pretty bad, but there's been, there's, I, I'm so sorry that like not a ton are coming to mind. It's like one of those things I was reading something the other day. They're like, when people ask you like, what's your favorite song? You're like, Oh, I have a lot of favorite songs. You're like, well, what's your favorite song? And you're like, I can't think of one. It's Blame. one of those situations yeah. for me right now, even though there's a ton, just there's I'm a the,
1: lot. I've the seen first th- one you said is like, yeah, terrible, <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Like log off, log, log off and take a walk and then come <laughs> yeah, back when you're ready. Let me a adult. Awesome. Adult.
0: I understand yeah. it happens to the best of us, but this isn't it. Yeah.
1: yeah, definitely. Um, well, I mean, we have a couple, do you have a couple minutes to answer some questions from our chat? Yeah. I saw okay. a them in
0: the chat. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, so, uh, I mean, the dream wants to know, Kiana, what was your reaction the first time you met Joe Montana and Jerry Rice? That's, that's a great question. Legends. Mm-hmm.
0: The fantastic question. I will say, so I grew up, well, my dad was a, when I tell you a huge Jerry Rice fan, like our, I told you, like I would go to Dodgers games for like, that's <laughs> our family outings. So our family vacations were to the Pro Bowl. We would go to Hawaii every single January to go to the Pro Bowl, not because it was a family vacation, no, because my dad wanted to meet Jerry Rice for like the umpteenth time. (laughs) So every time we'd come back with a new signed jersey, new signed gloves, like we at, like right now, we have so much just Jerry Rice stuff. It's absurd. So when I met him, it was kind of like, all right, listen here, sir let me talk to you because i'm just about sick of you i love you but i'm so sick of you like you ruined my childhood like i you were just everything we couldn't do anything unless jerry rice was involved so meeting jerry was great jerry is probably one of my favorite people in the organization, um, on road games. I like to try to go live on Instagram and like answer fan questions. And I'm live from the field, like showing pregame warmups and Jerry's so awesome. He'll log right on and he'll chat with fans. Sometimes he'll jump on live with me and talk about the team. Um, Jerry's incredible. Um, I no longer am starstruck when I see him. I'm just like, oh, it's Jerry's here. What's up, Jerry? Yeah, right. What's <laughs> going on? So he's fantastic. I will say one of my favorite stories is my first time meeting Joe Montana. So, of course, when you're told, like, hey, you're talking to Joe Montana today, you're kind of like, holy crap. Like, okay.
1: Yeah. So, yeah <laughs> big deal. It's a big deal. Let's go time.
0: <laughs> I will never forget it. It was um, the 2019 season. So this was the divisional round against – Was it divisional round or was it NFC championship game? One of those two. Whenever I had, I know Jerry ran the one hundred yard dash during when I that was
1: that was the (laughs) NFC championship game because I was there.
0: (laughs) So that that was that one. So this was the divisional round against the Vikings. Is when I talked to Joe Montana. So I'm like, all right, let me make sure I know what I'm going to ask. I'm super nervous. Like when I tell you, you know how they call him Joe Cool? This man is literally joe cool he's just <laughs> so chill and he walks up and he's like what's going on like all right let's do this and like he's like yeah like i would much rather be like sitting in the stands with the beer like come by and get a beer with me later and i'm just like this guy's like the most amazing person <laughs> but i when i tell you like that was probably one of the, like the smoothest interviews i've ever had he's just so laid back joe montana is literally the embodiment obviously of Joe cool. That's like the best way I can put it. He was my, now I will say at that moment I told everybody that Joe Montana was my favorite interview of my career. He was absolutely fantastic. But I will say Steve Young gave him a run for his money. I had an interview with Steve Young and Steve was (laughs) incredible. He just, I listened to his stories and just chatting with him. He, he's neck and neck with Joe Montana as two of my favorite interviews of all time. They're both. So it's,
1: it's safe to say he like took that spot from Joe Montana as the favorite interview. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I, uh, As history has told it, um, (laughs) I I still have to give Joe his credit because, like, if honestly I was told right now, like, hey, you can go grab a beer with Steve Young or you can grab a beer with Joe Montana right now. You can only do one. Which one are you going to go to? I might choose Joe. Oh,
1: wow. Okay, so it's really neck and neck. It's I love
0: really that. close. It's really <laughs> love <close>. that. <laughs>
1: All right. We'll do one more. Um, Ryan Johnson wants to know if you have any advice or words of wisdom for women or minorities, why not both, trying to get into this field? Um, this is such a momentous moment, he says. Hashtag proud, faithful, oh. hashtag respect. Amen, yeah. Ryan.
0: Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, my words of wisdom. Honestly, I one of the things that I like I tell so many people we are so Fortunate to be in a time and age where, like, literally everything is right here on your phone. Um, you can create 1000% your own lane if it is not there. Um, it goes back to when I did, when this was just an idea of something that I wanted to do. I created, I don't really talk about it that much because it, it wasn't great, but I, I, I'm still very, very proud of it. And it's actually how I got my job with the cheats, but I created my own um, blog and vlog. It was called Sidelines and Stilettos. I, I, that's how I covered sports. Yeah. Thank you. And you know, when I did interview with the chiefs, um, BJ Kissel at the time, he was their senior reporter. And now uh, he's moved on, but he told me he was so impressed with the fact that like, because there was nothing, not like, you know, I just joined a organization or a team or a company that covers sports. I created my own lane. He was like, just showing that you had that initiative. He was like, that blew us away more than any other candidate who had one of the most polished resumes that we saw. And so I say that to say that like right now, like the time we are in, you can literally do anything. You doing 15 second hits on a reel, you know, that is a way that you can kind of create your own lane. Having your own podcast like this one, this is incredible. This is, it's having your own, like creating your own platform. Um, I would think that's probably my best piece of advice if there is something not there, you have the absolute power to create it on your own and then see where that goes and see how it grows. I think like things that I'm super proud of that I did and it's different, you know, you're with the team, but being able to, when I came in, there was a podcast, but it was ran by Joe fan at the time, but I started my own too from the ground up and watching that following kind of build. And I know the same goes for you too, like having this idea, putting it together and then just watching this baby grow. It's, it's so satisfying for yourself just seeing that you you had an idea and just watching how it continues to just expand and and build upon that um and i the same thing happened with you know my little small blog i I didn't get to put as much into it as i wanted to because at that time that's kind of when like i started doing work for like other companies but um I think it's it's an amazing opportunity that we all have. Um, And also like one other thing I would just say is just network, network, network. You cannot, I, I can't, overstate how important that is i would say it wasn't necessarily this one this job right here but a lot of opportunities that i did get was because you know i exchanged numbers with this person i met this person i talked to this person about this and they're just like hey i remember that one girl what was her name like let's try to find her and see if she's interested in this and and i i promise you it goes such a long way so If something's not there, create your own lane and also stay in contact with with people that you meet along the way, building those relationships with them, not just calling when you need a favor. Um, Those can go a really, really long way in, um, you know, if you want to start making your mark in this industry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Damn, I
0: feel empowered. Yeah. Oh my God.
1: You're gonna make me cry. Like, oh, my God. First of all, um, I think that that's so like perfect. And I'm so glad that we were able to have you on the podcast, because that's like the whole reason that Steph and I started this podcast is because we thought that there weren't enough female voices, you know, in the content creator end of, wow. of the Twitter 49ers universe. And so um, to, to have you on today and and to hear you speak to to other women to other minorities to anyone who's ever been told no that they can't do something I think it's really cool uh, to to have you here today and I don't know Steph is there anything you want to add I couldn't think of a better way to end the episode no
2: that, that was awesome thank you so much we yeah. definitely appreciate it big time
0: yeah 100% yeah. And, and I just like Following up with what you just said, like people that have heard a ton of no's, when I tell you there was a point where I applied to, and I kid you not, 400 jobs, and I heard all no's, and it only took that one yes, that one yes, to take a chance on me and for me to give that my all, and that kind of helped pave the way for where I am at today. So, if anyone is ever interested, just... just. Don't let that one no, those two no's, those 400 no's deter you from what you ultimately want to do and what you are passionate about because it can 1000% be done.
1: Yeah, well, I know I speak for all of uh, the 49ers fans out there when we say we're so glad that you never gave up and that you made your dreams come true. Uh, for you. all of our, our listeners and our viewers, make sure that you follow all the 49ers social media channels to to see all the hard work Kiana does and also follow her on Twitter at TV. She is probably the most trusted 49ers source, if I had to say so myself. So <laughs> For all of us here at the 49 Carats podcast, we thank you guys so much. Thank you, Kiana, again. And we will see you next week, hopefully, to talk about a win against the Colts. <laughs> Knocking Jeez. on what?
0: Thanks so much, guys. Jeez, bye.
1: bye. Much.